Hey everybody, my name's Johan Philip. And I'm Matt Carvel. And we are live! Every Tuesday afternoon for live lunch. That is the place that we take the Sunday teaching and we have a discussion about it. We unpack the different themes, ask some different questions, and we're inviting you to get involved in it. Have a listen or submit some questions. That's all. And we have food. So if you want to find out about some good eating options around Brighton and Hove, tune into live lunch. Well, we get fed physically, but you get fed spiritually. Uh, Tuesdays at 1pm live on Instagram then the video does sit on YouTube and podcast if you'd like more information about how you can join in with the conversation at live lunch we are emmanuel.com forward slash live lunch greetings we are live for another episode of live lunch with yes. lunch from one of our favorites Bokshop down in the lanes thank you so much guys at Bokshop so for the wonderful chicken recipes that you've created we've got buffalo mm. chicken and bagadush I think which is one of my what's favorites. this one? Bagadush. Bung, bungaroosh. It's like, is that what, what you heard what, what me say? Because it's sounding very different <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Sounds like the stuff that you make walls out of. It, it, it tastes great. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't know what you, the stuff of you, yeah. that you make walls taste like, but it's that is pretty special. Not too much flint in it. Yeah, it's good. We are looking um, at the topic of uh, the subject of, of communion, and we did wonder whether we should either have a, a unleavened bread-based meal or mm-hmm. lamb. A Passover, kebab, a, kebab. a lamb kebab. That would have been all right. That would have been fun, wouldn't it? But yeah. we stuck with chicken. Mm. Still very nice. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Not sad about it. Oh. Okay. Uh, our wonderful producer, Jess, is not with us this week. Jess, if you're listening, watching, we miss you. We love you. We've got the wonderful Megan Nicholas instead. <laughs> For the some of you who might remember, Megan used to be my co-host, but she abandoned me and look how far she's fallen. Wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding, Megan. We love you. Um, love so you this Sunday, we were back in our... Um, hey, we, we, had, we announced our gift day figure. Mm-hmm. So we know we've had a, a gift a gift campaign across Emmanuel and it's up to 167,000, which is incredible. Spine tingling. Amazing. amazing. Thank you so much for your yes. generosity. Um, wow, it's crazy. In the middle of a cost of living crisis and everything, you know, it's just incredible. 167,000. And this just the figure. It's... Stories of faith, stories of people stepping out and saying, you know, I'm going to trust God in this. So thank you so much, um, <clears throat> all five of you for giving. I, I know the, our live lunch viewers probably gave to the gift day. Yeah, oh, the I thought people. you meant that the gift day total was the product of five people's giving. <laughs> I like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but who knows? Those five live lunch oh, yeah. listeners may I, be just really I big. Would, yeah, I would wow. stake, stake yeah. my claim. Great. There's many, um, many people giving generously. So we were back in our Hope is Year preaching series. We're coming to the end of our Hope is Year preaching series. We are, and what Joel said it was that who preached for the video, it was different at our sites, um, that this is Jesus' last evening before he goes to the cross. Mm. Wow. So we're coming, we're coming into land with Hope is Year, or about to take off. Yes. Because it's the resurrection. Yes, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's, that's terrible. <laughs> um, and we were in... Well, we weren't in the Garden of Gethsemane. We were at the Last Supper. Where was the Last Supper? In a restaurant somewhere. In, in an upper room somewhere. Upper room. Mm. In in Jerusalem, Jesus is with his his uh, his twelve disciples, and he he and he starts off by talking about um, one of them going to betray him, and these are Jesus' closest friends, and he says, "All of you will betray me. All of you will will deny me." Um, and really. Joel painted quite like a pessimistic view of humanity that you know every disciple of Jesus will uh will will abandon will abandon him or will mm-hmm. deny him at some point. Uh and he did talk about how you know he, 
preaching his preaching could be considered negative um but he you know you can't escape from the uh i guess the brush strokes of of evil that are painted over humanity mm-hmm. uh, and just and i think uh, it'd be quite interesting uh, sorry, i've just thought about that as a question i know we didn't prepare this but i might mm-hmm. ask you that as a question but then we talked about the the breaking of bread and wine and and we're going to look into uh, this episode about you know what is what actually what's actually going on what actually happens when you do, when you take bread uh, i think bread that wine. context is really important actually because if if you're starting this section with a word saying there's one who's going to be betray me, but more to the point, you're all going to mm. betray me. And then what he does, mm. then what he does is say, I've given my body, yeah. I've poured out my life in my blood for those. Yes. We have that in other places in the scriptures, don't we? We say, you mm. know, it's at the right time, whilst, whilst we were still helpless, mm-hmm. Christ died. So I guess going back to like the first part, um, Joel did say that sometimes, you know, people could say that his preaching is negative. <laughs> what do we think? Do we what, what do we think about about negative preaching? Uh, shouldn't we be um, presenting joy and optimism and hope? And you know, we are God's gift to this earth and all, and all of this. You know, we've got um, huh. destiny to fulfill. We've got mountains to conquer and dreams to take hold of and all of this. Uh, should our, our preaching be a lot more positive and uplifting, or is it okay to preach negative? Well, of all people, we we have a right to hope, but we we love much because we've been forgiven much. Mm. That's that's why. And if if you don't have that consciousness, you you mm. can't love very much if you don't feel that actually I've been loved. I've I've been I've been approached by the living God and apprehended by Him. So that's that's where the love comes from. So I guess, I guess you so. Could yeah, say- there's there's an appreciation of just the yeah sorry you go ahead there'd be a scale wouldn't there like there's there's the negative and the despair and the, the pessimism and then there's the joy and the hope what yeah. would a good balance be should we be balanced should yeah. we yeah what would a good balance be i think the question that you're asking is kind of where do we live yeah. where do we live as yeah. christians and i think you know i spend time with people from all sorts of different denominations and people live in different places they live with the whole reality of the christian faith but sometimes you live uh, you, you you come across Christians who live with their Jesus on the cross all the time on the cross and they know about the resurrection and they mm-hmm. they live they live in the good of the resurrection but their main conception is the cross uh, and then you live with Christians who are very triumphant no look come on he's risen he's risen indeed you know and all the time he's risen and I think he gives us both as we were saying a few weeks ago we we're talking about he's always lion he's always lamb He's always innocent, like he's innocent into eternity and he's innocent uh, and he's a lion when he's on the cross because he's devouring death, you know. So I think it is it is one of those, you know, I it, someone, someone else has said of the Trinity, you know, when I think of the three, I think of the, uh, it pushes me to think of the one. And when I think of the one, it pushes me back to think of the three. And there's that with Christ as well. When I think of the lion, pushes me to think of the lamb. When I think of the cross, I think of the resurrection. You have to constantly be living in in the both and the, the fullness of it and letting that do a work on your mind and your you, you know you do get tunnel vision you do get so back to your thing you do get negative and you can think to yourself you know oh especially as you mature in the christian faith because you're more aware of your sin you often feel like you're getting worse it, like you're, the way paul describes himself in his letters isn't yeah it? Like progressively gets you know, I'm I'm equal to the apostles. To I'm the worst of the sinners. Yes, right. And yeah. and and what's changed? Actually, that he's probably grown closer to the one yeah. who is his light, his life. 
Mm. Yes. Do Do you think? So sorry, John. Feel free to answer. Um, do you think it's our our predisposition or our personality that draws us to Jesus on the cross or the resurrected Jesus? And if so, is that okay, or is there something more objective that we need to be leaning into? I think you know your temperament is something to be aware of and learn. Uh, you, you need to learn about yourself, but not not as priority one. I think in our culture, learning about yourself and self improvement is priority one. In the Christian faith, learning about Him and being changed by Him is priority one. But there's there is a prior a certain priority uh, in the hierarchy of learning your own temperament and the pitfalls and the strengths thereof, because there is a, there's a strength in in uh, being more melancholic in your temperament and being uh, what we've what we've termed negative there's a realism that goes along with that but there must be an equal realism about the joy of the lord mm. as your strength so sorry george talked over you a lot no i think that's that's very helpful and i think it does lead us into communion as well because that is a moment where we where where weekly come back to the reality of the the death of christ and so it's body broken for us blood spilt for us and we go through a process of is there anyone i need to forgive are there sins i need to repent of and um the prayer jesus leads us in um talks about asking for forgiveness of sins in that daily that daily prayer and um but the whole pattern of the christian life is through death into life mm. and because the dark <clears throat> is so dark the light is so much lighter and so communion is not just a dark moment of i remember the cross but it becomes a celebration it becomes a yes it is applied to me jesus's blood is, is works for me mm. i have known freedom i have known um, the joy that comes from him and uh, i think joel even said there's a there's a time for stirring speeches of come on mm. let's get up and do this um, that's that's okay um, but i do think we as christians there is a there's a pattern of we lose our life to find it and there's a, there's a pattern of in the valley of the sh- shadow of the death of mm. death i mm. fear no evil and uh, that stark uh, contrast far from kind of diminishing the joy and the get, get up and go gives us all the more reason for it and uh, yeah so there's there's much more to say on that but i think it does lead us nicely mm, to, to communion brilliant and we talked we, we, we kind of looked at the, the passover because this was the it was this a same evening or similar time as the passover that mm. jesus did this it's the passover meal uh, yeah. it was the passover meal yeah and you were talking about the disneyfication of the passover story sure yeah so we um uh, Joel talked about the the Exodus story and there's plagues sent on Egypt. The final plague is the, uh, the, the, the death of the firstborn children of all the families in Egypt. And um, the only way out is provided by God for his people to have blood, the blood of a, of a pure lamb um, spread on their doorpost. And then they have to go in and eat a meal and eat, eat the lamb. Um, and I saw in the West End, I don't think it's still on in the west end it was sort of cut short rudely by covid but i saw um the prince of egypt in their kind of uh, west end version of an already slightly disneyfied musical fied um film of this exodus story and so much of it becomes so they they it, well, you know some, some fun parts of it i don't want to knock it entirely um but so much of it becomes so blunted and uh, even at the end moses and pharaoh have this wonderful reunion and sort of forgive each other and everything's all right again, um, which is not what That's happened. how it goes. <laughs> yes, no. not, not how it happens. Um, <laughs> but the, the, it was really interesting when they hit the moment of the firstborn children in Egypt losing their lives. The angel of the death goes through and the mourning that goes up from the family. There was this moment of we can't 
we cannot sentimentalize this. Mm. Like, we mm. can't Disneyfy this. There's no happy go lucky. Look at your heart. It's going to be fine. The, the angel of the of death went through and families grieved and uh, people were lost. And it was actually quite a moving. They, they did a wonderful kind of dance um, kind of thing. And they had these kind of swaddle cloths that then as they opened, it was empty. And is this, oh, okay. It sort of made me reflect on it. I wonder if as people heard the preach or even as they're hearing me describe it now, mm. we talk so much about the, the kindness of God and so much mm. about the grace of God. And we want to, mm. we will champion that forever but when we reach stories like this and we we hit the same problem as the the west end script writers it's like, what do we do with our hero is part of um this kind of condemnation of egypt to the point of lots of children dying mm-hmm. and how do how do we square that with our kind and loving father and the grace of god and the kindness we see in jesus um yeah so i thought i'd throw that out oh, yeah well, he's not called Dr. Jones for no reason. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> or at all. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think... Um, oh, gosh. Well put. Well put. And uh, I think when you were saying his, our father's condemnation of Egypt, I thought you were going to say our father's condemnation of evil. Because that's, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. And I think here, here in Egypt is a figure... I often wonder what it's like to be Egyptian now and you just read about Egypt always in the scripture. You do have to dis- dissociate yourself there. Um, but but when, when you're talking about Egypt as this figure, corporate figure of evil manifest in a quite a pure form on the earth, it's never going to be in the purest form because our battle isn't against flesh and blood. And the, the true battle is not Jesus versus certain types of people or something like that. It's, it is God versus Satan. It's God versus the adversary. And then there are alliances on the earth that are more more towards this and more towards that. So Egypt, as it's depicted there, um, is, is a personification of evil. So out of Egypt, I called my son. I called him out of that, that thing that is passing away and that is being judged. And I think earlier I was saying to you as well that there's just that echo of the enmity that you see in Genesis 3 that's placed. God places the enmity. He says to the woman, there's going to be enmity between you and uh, and the serpent because there had been friendship. It's a weird thing when you read it. You're like, what? what? That's a weird curse to me. No, because cutting off something that's been established, yeah. this friendship between you and evil and between your seed and his seed, your offspring, there's going to be this perpetual antipathy that's going on. And that's what you're seeing played out in the huge human drama. And what hurts us is what we perceive as innocence. But those innocents are more corporately allied than we conceive of innocence being. We think innocence uh, in their own category over over here. But there's, there's this corporate alliance with Egypt, which, yeah, it is, it is savage and vulnerable and mm-hmm. uh, shocking to us, mm-hmm. especially our modern sensibilities. But but I think what, what I almost heard our father's antipathy towards evil. It's like, well, that there's your explanation. Yes, he's, and that's, that's a huge comfort and a huge encouragement to you when you take it out of that particular context and into its bigger context. Like he hates evil. He hates, he hates the oppression in the world. He hates uh, the, the evil that is um, exacted upon innocence because of their alliances and because of the places they've ended up, the accident mm. of birth, so to mm, speak. Mm, mm. And those are the sort of things that are going to be rectified in in fullness yeah. in, in the age to come as well. So, yeah, no just so thing there, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it is, it is, it is shocking. And I think it should be. And I think we should stop when the scripture makes us stop and think we should. We shouldn't try and brush over it or like get rid of it. Um, Jefferson, the Bible. Yes, yeah, yeah slice it out because it doesn't quite yeah. fit with what we want. I think we do need to, to stick there. Ironically, I think he was all right with those bits. It's just the miracles that he didn't have much yeah. time for. But yes, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if uh, that made the cut. Potentially. Yeah. I think we do... Um, we do also have to put it in the context of a holy God. And I think we, when we talk of kindness and goodness and righteousness, um, we mustn't domesticate God to the point of um, being like us in, in, a, in, in our kind of normality and in our... In our judgments. In our, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it, it is every human being will face death. And God's sovereign over that. And so the, we see a moment of time where it happens specifically to a group of people. It's a particular image that speaks of God giving his own son at one point. It's an image that speaks of God coming against the gods of Egypt and Pharaoh himself who made himself a god. Um, so there's there's other things going on there as well. Um, but we do also need to put it in the wider context of everyone will face death. And that's part of the human experience. And God, who is sovereign, leads us all there. And we will, at that point, um, come face to face with him. Um, and so there is a, it is a particularly difficult story because of the, the, the pointedness of it and the drama of it. But I think we need to recognise the, the totality of the human experience as well. Now, we all, we all will face the angel of death in one way. Um, and it will, at that point, it will be the blood of the lamb that mm-hmm. determines our our response and our longevity and our eternal life. Um, yeah. So, so I have a question for you on that is there was the, uh, the Joel quoted Watchman Nee in talking about um, the, when they, well, uh, I'm paraphrasing the quote, but when the angel of death passed through the house, he looked, he just looked for the blood over the, the doorpost and not so much about what the people inside were doing, whether they lived good or bad lives, mm. just looking at the blood. For somebody who's listening to this preach, uh, and me have the question, how do I know that I'm covered by the blood? How do I know that probably there's the blood on the doorpost of my life mm. and that they, when the angel of death does pass by, he will pass by me? Well, I don't know. How, what would you say to them? So what's it, the, the, the analytical question for us, what are you trusting? What do you trust in? So when you do stand before the Lord, what, what, what's your plea? What, what's the plea going to be? Yeah, there's either guilty or Jesus. Mm. there's no not guilty there's the, the, that he's not guilty but your plea is him your plea is is utter dependence on the mercy of god in jesus christ that's how you know if you're covered by the blood you, by by your answer to the question what's your plea before god what what do you plead before the king of heaven and for you it'd be it'd be standing before mm. the king the judge the savior in the same person, you know? So, so you go before the judge and you plea, you, you're my hope, not me. Uh, so I think that, yes, that should inspire great confidence. Mm. That, that kind of quotation that, uh, you know, the, the angel looks in, the angel means messenger. So the messenger of death, the one who's come to bring you this message and that message is death, but it's only for those who are, who are pleading on their own account. Who, who who are not saying look at the lintels look at the door mm. and i think just to say what george was saying as well that it's a pure lamb it's a, it's a it's a perfect lamb jesus didn't say that my body's broken for you this is this is always 
you, because we're breaking the bread, we always we always want to say broken for you because you're, you're breaking it. Mm. It says he took the bread and broke it. It says this is my body, which is for you or which is given for you. The very important thing is that it's not broken. Because there's not a psalm that says not one of his bones will be broken, yeah, right? Yeah, not one, one of his bones is broken. Yeah. That he's, that he goes as a complete, as well as an innocent sacrifice, mm. the lamb. He mm. goes as that the suitable lamb, like the, 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 the mm. one in its full prime of life. It's not deficient. Yeah, it, is, yeah. it is a suitable sacrifice. And there is that tiny detail in the crucifixion that when um, when they went when the soldiers went to see whether he was buried, whether he was dead, they pierced his side and the blood in the water, and so they didn't break. They his didn't bones. break his bones. Yes, but for the other, I don't know whether they, they which you would normally Romans, do to yeah, expedite death. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that, that you'd do so that because you've died by suffocation mm. on a cross. It's grotesque, but 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 he'd he'd already gone. So mm. hence his his bones were not broken. Mm, he, he remains perfect he remains innocent in the last few minutes that we've got together um let's talk about communion yeah so <laughs> the first question is it, it's it's no real parallel that we can draw to any other experience in life unless maybe you can think of something so for somebody who's like never been to church before and they've come in and they're like what what is going on you're breaking bread and yes jesus i do this in remembrance of me but you know we are what is going on why this what's what's going on mm participation in the life of the lord that's it sharing together so it's communion is that 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 name thankfully eucharist means thanksgiving uh in the life of the lord together being fed and watered by his life the same thing that he says to the woman at the well you know whoever drinks of this water is never going to go thirsty oh give me this what this is just going and getting the life of the living god supplied to us uh calvin famously says that the same uh, lord that's preached to us in the gospel that's where that's ministered to our hearing is ministered to our other senses in mm. the supper it's the same gospel that's being preached to your tongue and then to your stomach and uh and to to your your mind as you feel the intoxicating joy of the wine that you actually are participating in a glorified savior um, so are we saying it's purely symbolic because it's literally it's not any special bread, right? You go to St. Therese or wherever, yes. uh, Real Petisre, when, mm. uh, I don't know, where we do get our bread from uh, on a Sunday morning, we get bread. Uh, other supermarkets are available. <laughs> I'm sure the budget must yeah. determine what kind of wine we Let's bring. Let's not go there. Yes. <laughs> so we, it's, it's this random bottle of wine and loaf of bread. Yeah. Ord ordinary wine, ordinary it's, Is bread. it just purely symbolism or something more going on? No, it's... Uh, it's uh, and the, the Eucharist refers to the... It, he gave thanks. That's yeah. that's where it comes from. Eucharistos. He gave thanks for for it. He blessed the bread. He blessed the wine. He's there's a consecration. So for us, it's consecrated um, to our Lord for this sacred purpose of participation in Him together. Um, the elements themselves, are we we don't subscribe to transubstantiation, but. Transubstantiation was where you say the substance changes to something else. So it literally becomes the blood of Christ and the body of Christ. Yes, yeah. right. Which a, a, a huge swathe of the church yeah. in the world will, will speak about. And Christians will disagree over that sort of thing. What you shouldn't disagree about is meeting with the Lord really in, in, uh, in the moment of it. I don't agree with the memorialist view, which is, means that we do it in remembrance of him. Uh, until he comes again you know so you think oh, that is a big emphasis on the remembrance with remembering jesus yeah that's part of what you're doing but it's it's not a memorial these elements are to be taken in faith as you take the, the word into your ear in faith and it, it 
it moves in your heart uh, and affirms by the spirit that that you are meeting with and participating in the real Jesus. Now, uh, Calvin gives the example. Uh, both of these are from Calvin's short, short treatise on the Lord's Supper, which you can put a link to. It's work. It's mm-hmm. it is pretty short, you know, by by Calvin's standards. Four hundred pages? No, it's no, it's nothing like that. It's, and it's it, and it's helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's practically helpful for these kind of questions. And he says, uh, the gospel writers record the um, the the spirit coming down like a dove and resting on Jesus. No one's going to say that that dove was the spirit in its doveness, so mm. to speak, but in its manifestation and in the circumstance that has been caused to come about, everyone says it's the spirit and everyone knows that that's what's, what's happening, that, that there is to the symbol joined in the closest possible way, the reality that's being uh, ministered, not just manifested, but ministered to Jesus in, in that instance. Mm. So for us, when we take we take the supper, there should be a, what, what the practical things an expectation that Jesus Himself is given for you and given for you all the time and always ever towards you, and especially mm. in that moment as you concentrate your heart and your mind on giving thanks for Him, that you you are genuinely being offered Him to receive Him. Mm. So so yes, it's, I, I hope that's not just a word salad. Mm. There, I hope that there's something of the actual what happens when we partake in the mm. supper we partake in the lord together so so people have more questions on communion we are running out of time yes you'd, you'd point them towards the yeah let's put the, some links in in the in the uh, comment there and i th- i think um yeah we've got a paper on our own emmanuel website that yeah we can point is it to. slash com- i think it's a forward slash communion but we can put the link in yeah maybe slash lord supper but uh, but yeah. uh, you know better than i do <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll we'll include that i think it's uh, really any fun. closing thoughts or questions george um i don't think so okay. i think uh the journey that the emmanuel's gone on since i've been here towards more regular communion mm-hmm. towards uh, encouraging wine uh, rather than grape juice towards uh, not just a memorialist understanding um, but towards a genuine experience and receipt of christ has been one of the most profound changes in my life in terms of my christian walk oh, and it is so precious and um so yeah I, I love i love that and i love the emphasis we placed on it mm. um so yeah do do treat it as it is mm. and uh, see it as a sacred moment um and I, I love it so thank you thanks for yeah yeah what you've expressed today cool brilliant thanks george thanks Tim. good to have you with us on the show thank you Bless. megan so good to have you back with us and thank you all five of you for watching and we will see you next week bye Thank you.